Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dayton Dynasty Week 6 Recap. Today, we have the other podcast host, Jake Texera, here with us. What's up, Brad? How are you? Doing well. So, this week, we're going to go over the past week that was, some trades and fab. We're going to talk about next week coming up and some of, got a couple real big matchups, got a couple complete stinkers. So, we'll look through that. We're having our second guest, first guest for me personally. So, He's going to come on here. He's going to talk a little bit of sass. You can probably guess who it is, but we will leave that for later. Um, we have the last installment of Pretender Contender, and then we're going to go into the power rankings. Let's do it. All right. So first, I just want to talk a little bit about just football in general and like what happened this week and some of some of the issues that was going on. First, I just want to talk about my own sadness. So this week for Pick'em, I picked the Patriots, and I lost out on a lot of money this week. How much? So. Very, very sad. Um, the pot for Shrewsix Pick'em this year is $980. And it's, what makes it even worse is Bailey picked the Titans, and she's still in it, oh, and I'm out man. of it. So that, that Are one Are these hurts. signs you got to um, hang up the cleats? Uh, I'm pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Two and four You're losing years. money now? Can't, oh, can't, be, can't beat my girlfriend and pick them. It's just it's a tough, tough life. Um, had a couple weird injuries this uh this week with Sanders, a couple of Eagles guys. So, Miles Sanders, they said he was going for an MRI. I still haven't heard anything about it. I've been looking every week. So, I'm just assuming they already said he's out this week. So, he's going to be out. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. But gives a little shot for Boston Scott yeah, and Jabers. I was looking into this. I couldn't find any info, like you said, in the MRI. So, I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. Usually, teams are pretty um, – they try to be a little bit more – cloudy with the data that they're going to give out to opposing teams but um all they said is expected to miss time and like if you watch the video it's just like an awkward knee thing so it could be there's a whole slew of what could be going on i can't i can't even that's an hour podcast in general just going over knee injuries but hopefully it's nothing serious for him but probably just a little knee sprain um hopefully he's back in a couple weeks for you but i don't know something to monitor yeah that's an odd one and then Along the same line, Ertz is going to be out for um, probably two to three weeks. They got the bye week next week, so it might not be too bad for Colin losing him. But no Ertz and no Goddard for him and for Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz is just – I feel bad for that. Yeah, this if you, I saw this posted somewhere, the list of wide receivers that the Eagles passed up on in the NFL draft. It's like if you haven't <laughs> seen the list, it is kind of crazy. I should try and pull it up. But it's like name any – wide receiver and <laughs> taken in the last two drafts that it's been relevant and the Eagles passed on them. Um, and they're rolling out like Travis Fulgham, who was the sixth round pick that the Detroit Lions cut. So it's just like crazy. It's crazy <laughs> right now in Philadelphia. Hey, don't worry. JJ Arcega White did. did he get fell a touchdown on a fumble in the end zone. So maybe things are looking up for him. Thanks, Miles Sanders. I could have used those uh, six <laughs> points, but we can talk about that. And did you hear the news? Antonio Brown is uh Getting some circulation. I did hear that. I think it's interesting. I don't think he's been to court yet, right? I kind of was looking into that. So I don't know if the team is going to be willing to sign him and pay him. What is he, 33? And he hasn't been to court yet, and he hasn't had a ruling. So I don't know if a team is going to be like, yeah, let's bring him in for all this drama, and then he can't play because he's still suspended. Or I don't know. The NFL hasn't reinstated him, so I'm just not sure. And I thought it was interesting that 
one of the teams that has some good cohesiveness right now yeah. is the Seahawks. Their offense is running like perfectly, and they're the team that every single reporter is saying, "Oh, the Seahawks are looking to get Brown." Like, are you really gonna hurt your DK Metcalf like his growth with somebody like Antonio Brown? Like, what? I don't understand what the <laughs> if it's goal not broke, is. don't fix it. And I think the allure of like 2018 Antonio Brown, everyone still thinks he's like Jesus, like the second coming on the football field, but like he hasn't done it. He's been he hasn't been playing. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, would I love to see Russell Wilson throwing deep passes to Antonio Brown? Yeah, if it was 2018. But, like, you have DK Metcalf. You have Tyler Lockett. Two, like, top 15 wide receivers. Ty- Russell Wilson is just cooking. Like, I could talk about that all day. I, I don't know. Yeah, it just it doesn't really no. make much sense for the team. But Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll likes to be yeah. a little, uh, little different, Pete, I want to say. With Pete Carroll, it's like, what is it? Like, um... It's like even bad news is good or like bad controversy is still good news for the team, right? Like they just like to make headlines. And stuff like just that. just talk about me. Yeah, talk exactly. About me, and I feel like that's what Pete Carroll is. Just like he's got a big ego. He's a player's coach. Everyone likes to play for him. So he kind of wants to appease the veteran Antonio Brown, get him in for another Super Bowl run. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And to let everybody know, I did check. He is a free agent. So I'm assuming that somebody will bid. My guess Final bid's going to be $3 on him. <laughs> going in. That, that's, that's what my Magic 8 ball is saying right in front of me. All right, so we can go into the past week that was. So in the past week, we had some trades, some pickup, some team uh, name changes. We had some drama. We had some collusion. We had a lot of fun this past week. It's, it's an every week thing now. <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, you sent Dude, a nice little message in the chat today. It's just like... It's just silliness, you know. I just had to drop the drop the hammer in the group chat and just let everyone know how I was feeling to just grow up a little bit, you know. Yeah, you just, you just weren't feeling it today, not yeah. having, not wanting Couldn't to read it. all the messages back Couldn't and forth. It. It's just it's just too yeah. much over and over again. Like we're grown men. Like come on, grow up. <laughs> Love to hear. It. All right, so let's get into the actual individual matchups. So looking back on the last week, we had two teams hit over that magic one twenty five. They, unfortunately, they were both in that same matchup, so we can talk about that. We had three teams under 100, and then we had one team under 50. Bow, bow, so. bow. <laughs> the points were all over the place. It was odd to see not too many teams hitting that those big number marks. We did have a couple of people at like the 120 mark, but um, we can go one by one. So the first game I have on my lineup, of course, is Morning Chub against the number this one pretenders. Rough. Uh, this was the King yeah. Henry in the that's all Jefferson show. He has so, the capability. He can win you a week. And that's that's what you need. Oh, my goodness. 22 carries, 212 yards, Did you and two see touchdowns. His... And then add, on top of that, add 50 yards receiving for somebody who doesn't know how to catch <laughs> Did the Did you see his, Come on. the touchdown he walked in at the end? It was beautiful. The game winner, direct yeah, snap. It was a big, a big play. They knew it was going to him. Everybody... I don't know if there was anybody in the stadium, but anybody who was watching knew it was going to him. Yeah, and he, he just, just did what he had. He to looked kind of was... goofy, like with lifting the leg kick and getting the snap. But he, the man <laughs> is just so large that it was just too easy for him. The Titans are the Titans are rolling. That's a team I would not want to face. 
And they're one of those teams that they had the COVID scares. They were the first team. All these other teams are making excuses, a.k.a. the oh. Patriots and other teams, making excuses about COVID hey. versus the Titans are just coming out here and saying, ah, we, hey, we'll put the adversity on. We don't care. Let's just keep thing. running. The Patriots, what, they had one practice in the last 10 days? The Titans are off practicing at local high schools. You know what I mean? Like, and the craziest, <laughs> don't say the that craziest thing about the don't NFL is you get suspended for deflating footballs, but you don't get suspended for beating women or breaking <laughs> league and healthcare regulations and going to have illegal practices on your own. You know what I mean? It's just no, no fines, no nothing. Talk, talking about the Titans, they did have a um, Rabel pulled a Belichick move where he purposely put a 12th guy out on the field to get too many to stop the clock at the I end did, of the game. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Interesting. Definitely some cool, yeah, something cool I like, to say. I like that stuff, especially in the today's day and age when coaches are so – hypervigilant about the rules and analytics. It's kind of fun to see the, the twist up in the uh, regular day-to-day script. Yeah, so looking at that game, it was, I thought Julio, he was back, so that was nice to see for me. But Justin Jefferson might be the number two wide receiver coming yeah, out of this you, class. I think it's CeeDee Lamb yeah, and Justin Jefferson. I was going to save this for next week, but um, if you look at the teams that have, that you could say have top two of like, top 10 wide receiver potential. Like no one thought that it was going to be the Vikings this year, right? After they lost the Fawn Diggs. But if you look at PPR, like half PPR, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are both in the top seven. So Jefferson's at seven. And I think Adam Thielen was at like one or two. So it's kind of crazy to see for a team that doesn't pass the ball much. And everyone thinks Kirk Cousins is kind of a <laughs> pooey quarterback, but he's got two top eight wide receivers right now. Just crazy to think about. Awesome to see. I want to thank Kyler Murray for giving me that little little bit of hope at the end of the game. If that game was a little closer, I may have been able to put it out, but only losing by seven after being down by that much. I want to thank Kyler a little bit for that. Um, what's the next matchup you have in your um, you know, Myself versus Harris, that was a game that was going to be interesting just because if you looked at my bench, it was loaded. I had every single person on by. I had <laughs> – I think nine out of my 17 bench spots were injured or on by. So it was just a rough week. Um, and I still almost squeezed it out. I know Harris was kind of sweating at the end, um, but he, he kind of pushed it out. And I think the 125 mark that you always talk about, that's kind of like, it's good to see, but like, like you're seeing, like Shrazik put up 92 and somehow he got the win that week. And usually that's, you put up 92 and you're, not in a good position, but um, I put up 91.62, and I lost to Harris by uh, 13, so it was close. And uh, definitely he needed that win, so that's good for his team because it keeps him right in the middle. And like we talked about, the middle is um, a big big question mark right now. You can either make a push or you can kind of fall out of contention in the next couple of weeks. So it was good for Harris. Um, not that great for me. I really wanted to get to 5-1, and one, but we're, we're looking forward to next week on to Strazik. <laughs> yeah, if Ivan Wood would have put you in that top echelon, because we got we got a whole bunch of middle ground right now. We got a couple teams at the top and just yeah. a whole bunch in the middle. Um, if you look at Harris's team coming down to that last game, it was all on Amari Cooper in the first half. He didn't do much, and all of a sudden he gets that garbage time at the end to was, give him the was, win. So it was, it was so t- sad. T- tough like, to see. Johnny Smith leaves with an ankle injury, which just absolutely crushed crushed my chances of winning. He put up two points. Um, and I, I went with Minshew instead of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins had a, a nice juicy matchup against the Falcons, and I went with Minshew, who was quarterback 11 on the year, which is kind of crazy to think about because you don't really think. 
Um, Minshew's been having that good of a season, but quarterback 11, so I went with him, uh, the hot hand, and it didn't really work out for me. He kind of felt dropped some points that I kind of needed, so I lost that one, but it was good for Harris. I know he was definitely sweating it out, and I wanted him to sweat it out a little bit extra, so I was texting him during the games, too. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see um, Amari Cooper post uh, a f- four receptions for 48 yards. And he was like, oh, crap, after the first half because it was coming true. Yeah, it was the Zane Gonzalez, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins needed a big combo from the three of them, and he barely squeezed it out. So good matchup. Good for Harris to get to that three and three point. And um, he has a quarterback this week, but we can talk about that a little later. It's going to be a little bit more fun for later on. Um Next matchup on my board was one of my favorite matchups going in, yep. Colin against Abulia. So last week when I had categorized this one, I said it doesn't matter who wins this because both teams will be in a good position. But coming out of it, Colin got the win by another close matchup. Even though the scores were a little bit crazy, there was only one real blowout this week. Because whoever you played, you played exactly. to your competition, it looked like. So this one told, ended up with a nine-point difference. My biggest takeaway from this was yeah. the Drake play. So, Kenyon Drake, I don't know if everybody watched it. To end the game, a lot of guys, when they're just chewing the clock out, they're handed to the running back. He'll get over, get the first down. Then he might fall. He might just, okay, going to take the clock out. Nope, Kenyon Drake runs for a 69-yard touchdown. And if you pull that away, <laughs> Colin doesn't get the win. So, it's one of those crazy, crazy, crazy things where Kenyon Drake – has been struggling all year and came to play this week and came to yeah. play in the biggest 69. part of the what, too. Nice. What made hey Alex? What um what I was gonna say, what made Kenyon Drake so alluring last year was he was catching passes on the backfield and you look at what he's done this year, he does not have a game over two targets and over two receptions. So not good for Kenyon Drake, but yeah, like you said, he, he won Colin this week and it's good to see because Colin needed that bounce back. Yeah, Colin up to four and two now. And it was interesting to see that Colin started Drake and then Lavulier yeah. started Edmonds. So there was there was that matchup within the own backfield. And there wasn't many passes going around because Arizona got up so ahead. So Edmonds didn't have the game that you would hope for if you were Lavulier. So between Edmonds and Tanyan, both of them struggling, yeah, it really hurt sure. him. And I know uh, Bulls might need a tight end. So come knocking. <laughs> Who does he have on his bench? So he has Tanyan and then Jared Cook. So you got the the young buck and then the old bull. So we'll, we'll see if he, he goes through with it. Um, you want to talk for about 22 seconds on the next matchup, yeah. Streezy um, versus Pap? To spare everyone some time, <laughs> Pap's team, no bueno. Um, just just not good. Anyway, Streezy's team didn't look so hot this week. But um, I don't know. The, the Juju Smith-Schuster is just – he's not even – number three target on his team now all of a sudden um, over the past few weeks he's currently wide receiver number 37 um so not that good of a sign for Shrezek who coming in you'd expect a lot out of Juju he um put up 22 points week one and then eight points 14 four and then 1.6 so not good for sure and it's gonna be interesting to see what the Steelers look like moving forward, especially with Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson coming back from injury. So who knows what the hell is going to happen. seems like every year the Steelers have a new number one wide receiver on their roster that they just draft in the second round. The Patriots need to take whoever their wide receiver scout is and pay him a billion dollars. I don't even want to talk about that. (laughs) But (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't worry, we're gonna kill Harry. Crazy thing about Juju too he is, is he's actually a free agent after this year. So playing for a contract and only getting last last game four targets. A game before that five. Game before that five. So you were thinking maybe out of the bye they made of okay, we're gonna figure out how to get him the ball. Not a but uh Strazik saving graces exactly. were Fuller and Kittle who both put up over twenty. But then looking at Pap's team, he had four guys that Woof. had two points or under in a starting lineup. So we can we can uh, move on to the next Jaybird. one. So last but not least, we have a game that yeah, we wrote hey. off before. That's what we were talking about last I just week. Say, but yeah, you can take if this Jaybird's one. played Strazik or myself or Harris, he would have gotten his first victory. Not bad. Crazy to think about. That's crazy. Those are, those are three good. Those are three. Right? It's kind of uh, crazy. He would have lost to Bulls by four tenths of a point. So it's it's funny because <laughs> I I made that deal with with Jabers. I moved um, Christian Kirk and Mike Williams. And the the week I traded Mike Williams, he erupts for what was it, twenty five <laughs> points. And then this week, Christian Kirk scores twenty one. And both of these guys have been sitting on my bench for the past year. It seems like just. Not doing much. So the week I send with the Jabers, they uh, pop off, and Matt Ryan goes for forty points, and he's got himself a nice little week there. But he's still zero and six. Yeah, Pickering finished it out. That Deshaun Watson forty points, forty versus thirty nine was crazy to see. But Watson putting up forty is what everybody hoped for for Watson. Getting Fuller, as long as Fuller stays healthy, he should be able to do something. But yeah, this wasn't wasn't too many points, but Chris, the yeah, the Claypool, Claypool might be the difference yeah, for Chris this year, which is crazy to say that two weeks ago he traded away Marquez Valdez Scantling <laughs> for Chase Claypool. But that's that's it. Uh, I just want to say real to quick: say. this is this is fantasy football in a nutshell, right? Like Dalvin Cook, great game, gets injured, leaves. Uh, Madison comes in, rushes for over 100 yards. So now Cook is going to miss a game. Everyone's like, got to start Madison paying all my fab to get Madison. He's going to my lineup, and then he puts up 10 carries for 26 yards, one reception. Bad. And that's just he how fantasy terrible. football works. And now you're never going to start Alexander Madison again, but he'll score you 20 points next week on your bench. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to hate it. What's interesting about this matchup? The kickers. Too, just one kickers. random little stat. Look at the kicker. Okay. Yeah, Damn, I was going to say. Dude, I could have used Young Koo for one week. 20 points from Koo I mean, and we both 16 from Tucker. This week, huh? how, I don't even know how many did my kicker put up. I put up 10. I'll take 10. I don't know. I, I honestly don't, don't even look at the kickers, but we, we, can, we can definitely get – we can have a whole we, podcast. We'll have to get straight on there because I'm not talking about kickers for that long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's move into the in-between week and start talking about the fab. We'll go fab and then we'll go trades. So – I have – there was a couple bids. There wasn't too many. So, we can start with, I think, Jason Sanders was the first one I had on my list. So, just a kicker pickup. We can go in and out of that one. Larimore picked up a kicker. Yeah, I think he only put up six points. So, um, next one, KJ Hamler. So, Javers picked up KJ like, Hamler for $10. I like it. Why what not? do you think about that? I mean, he's – he uh, he he's seen already a couple teams this year. I feel like the I thing think is, had him at one point. I think he was one of those guys that was picked up after the draft. I know, but no with Sutton no Sutton Tim, in there. Like what's his name? Tim Patrick. He's kind of been working as the number one, and Judy's been working as like the one B. Um, so it's Drew Locke is back, and he slings it, dude. He throws it deep. He loves to throw it deep. So 
KJ Hamler's got the speed, and he was kind of that guy coming out of the draft that people were like, man, this guy, he was a second-round pick early, very early. So he has a draft capital. Yeah. He has a speed. So it's a tantalizing guy to see sitting there on the uh, free agent block that you want to add to your team. So, I mean, if I had an extra spot, I'd probably throw him on there, but I don't need another wide receiver right now. I'm sure a lot of teams are thinking the same thing. Like, man, I'd love KJ Hamler, but it's not going to help me right now. So it's going to help Javers, you know? So that's great. Love it. I think it was a great pickup for him and just his roster and what he wants to do with his team. I think it just worked out really well. Um, next, I, I didn't want to talk about any $0 bids, but I have to go through this one quick so we can talk about it later. Four days ago, Strizic picked up Andy Dalton for $0. And the only reaction to that was a facepalm by Colin. A little, little emoji, but we can, talk, we can talk about that one a little further when we get into the trade talks. So next big one was we had Gronk going to Colin I for mean, $11. I mean, Gronk is alive in that offense finally, you know? He um he looked non-existent, and then all of a sudden he pops off for a touchdown in 78 yards and 16 points, and you're like, Gronk's back. You know, he's, he's still 31. He's, I think next week he could still post six yards, you know what I mean, and no touchdowns and maybe two targets. So it's like it could very well happen where he's going to have dud weeks, he's going to have boom weeks, but – why not? You, you throw him on the end of your bench. He's a tight ends are few and far between. So if he can even flash some of that magic, the Brady magic is still alive in Tampa. So why not? I think he's going to be a start for Colin this week just because he did lose Ertz and Goddard. So this is just going to be – this was one of those, all right, he had a big week. Let's try him out for a week because I need a warm body. So Colin's – oh, just – both Eagles tight ends can't get injured. Uh, just didn't really work for him. So that's kind of what that ended up being. Next, you got Jermichael Hasty to pick for $9. So this is mainly just, once again, just an injury thing. So Mostert's out. So he's going to be Jermichael Hasty. Could be the guy there. I'm yeah. assuming it's still going to be McKinnon. He had some. Hasty will get some. If you watch that game, I, kinda, I watched touches. the highlights. And he looked nice running the ball. He's an undrafted rookie. So you temper your expectations. But San Francisco loves to run with outside zone plays and Heisey ran it in college and he looked good. I think he went to Baylor, correct? Um, so he has, he's got the pop. He's got the juice that you want to see. So why not? Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those. He could be the guy. So toss it in a bid for him. $9 was a little steep, but Hey, if you want to go get your guy, go get your guy. Um, next, we got a little bit on Jeremy McNichols, who's just yeah, going to be the receiving back over there work. in Tennessee. I mean, when your your boy Derrick Henry puts up 200 yards, he needs a and 50 yards receiving. He needs a breather every once in a while. So, <laughs> yeah, there was not too much to talk about that. So now we're on to the 15 hours ago uh, waivers. So this morning we had. The waiver of Love Joe it. Flacco and of Nick Foles. So Larry picked up Joe Flacco. This was completely to um to make sure Harris yeah. wasn't going to have a starting quarterback this week. So Harris has been struggling with managing his roster. This is the second time in three weeks now that he hasn't really checked his bye weeks, hasn't checked his team out beforehand. And then does Harris know has you to can go look into full panic to your mode. future weeks and project your roster, or is that does he not know? Harris, if you're listening, you should probably do that. <laughs> yeah, you might want to get ahead of it. Maybe week eight might be ugly for you again. Week nine, maybe. So yeah, it's just odd to me that somebody who pays attention so much has just had two complete brain farts, and then yeah, he calls for collusion and everything. But I think every bah, single person bah, in the league would have him back. 
Yeah, he ended up making a trade, but we'll get into that in the next uh, little segment. So next we have the $5 bid from Larry Moore on Anthony Berkshire. So you can talk about this because this oh one kind of hurt your soul. If Johnny this Smith game. was in there, I, I would have beaten Harris. You know, it's just sad when, you're, when your boy goes down. I love Johnny Smith. I just think he's an athletic specimen. Um, and then he goes down and first Ferksker pops in the game and he blows up. <laughs> 21 points you know he's 113 yards a touchdown he looked like an animal too so it's like you know what Tennessee's offense is going to be it's they're going to run the ball and they're going to throw to AJ Brown across the middle and they're going to throw to Johnu Smith over the middle or Anthony Ferksker who is the big white Johnu Smith so I I don't think Johnu Smith is going to be out for long they said it was a minor ankle injury I'm not worried about it. Um, but hey, if you can throw Ferksker in for a week if John who misses time, then yeah, sure, do it. He's the, the, whoever the tight end in Tennessee is the number one option always, because Corey Davis, that's that ship has sailed. You know what I mean? You were waving your flag week two and week one. You were like, oh, Corey Davis. Uh, no, it's it's AJ Brown and the tight end and Derrick Henry. Well, I was hoping yeah, so. He was, was a top ten pick. We you you want a little Corey bit Davis. more from him, but. Um, where did he come out of? He came out of a little school too, like Western Let's Kentucky see. or something like that. I know it was I know definitely it was an a Western. odd place for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so good pickup for Larimore. He's kind of had some a little revolving door at tight end. He's he wants um his dude Not from good. the Rams to start going off, but he just has he just doesn't have the consistency. He's a touchdown yeah. or um, and it's, bust guy, so it's, it's funny. just hurting week in and week out, not being if able you to get the splits from Higby. Higby last year without Gerald Everett. He was tight end, I don't know, top five. But with Gerald Everett on the field, Tyler Higby was like tight end, like 20-something. So it's just interesting to see how the Rams use tight ends. You know, you, you compare them to the tight end, the tight ends over in Tennessee, and they're the number two option, but – so, yeah, now we should talk about those two trades that happened this week. One might be big for the league. The other one's just going to have uh, a little more – added a little more drama to the league. So, I'll start with mine, and I can give you my input of why I did it. If Absolutely. you want to try to back Colin side, you can do that. You want to try it like that? All right. So, I traded away Todd Gurley for a 2021 first, which is Collins, and a 2022 third. So, Colin and I started the day – by him offering me Mark Ingram and a couple picks for Todd Gurley, and he just wasn't doing it for me. Then all of a sudden, he sent me, "What do you? What would? Would you take a first? And I, I kind of crapped myself a little bit because Todd Gurley has been a part of my team since this league started, and I'm like, "Yeah, we could talk about it." So then we went back and forth a little bit, and we ended up where we did. So my main reasons for getting rid of Gurley was number one, I only had one pick in 2021, so it wasn't really going to work for me. And he's a 26-year-old running back with bad knees in a contract year. Um, coming into last year, there was only one team with interest of him, and it was the Falcons. And going into this next year, there's a couple good free agents that are coming out that um, don't have the knee issues that he has and a little bit better yards per carry. And there's a lot of rookies that should be coming down. Um, his reception numbers are down. He's had that over 60% snap share once. And then – Really, the main thing I had to look at was just look at my team makeup. And my team makeup, I have – running back was my strong point. So I believe that he was either my running back five or six because with Chubb, Sanders, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, and Kareem Hunt, you could put him – maybe at four would be the highest if you want to put him 
But dynasty-wise, I'll take Swift over him and certain other guys. So I thought for my team and for the future that Todd Gur- losing Todd Gurley, st- I'm still a borderline contender without him, and I don't think he was going to keep me in that top echelon. So those are my reasons yeah, for so I'll making the big move. Yeah, so I'll speak on like this. I, I sent that gif or that picture in the group chat, right, the, the Drake winning championships and winning trades. Like everyone's first reaction is to go, oh, Todd Gurley's not worth a first-round pick and a third-round pick. Like, it's a market value. And what drives a player's value is the market, and what determines the market is our perception. It's it's all based on a perception of what we feel like is is right. Like, this is just, like, economics. So, right the, the day after the rookie draft, that's when your rookie picks are worth the most. But those are only going to lose value as the season goes on. Because you're looking at your rookie picks and you're like, these aren't going to help me win today. They're not going to help me win tomorrow. They're not going to help me win in week 16 when I need a running back. So for Colin, it makes sense. He sees an opportunity. A window opened up where he's like, you know what? I'm four and two and I need some running back help. I need to make it happen. I'm getting Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is running back 13 on the year. Last year, he finished as running back 14. So yes, he is no longer the 22-20 total touchdown guy from 2017-2018. He's not catching passes like he used to. In 2017, he caught 87 passes. 2018, he caught 81. This year, he's he caught six, 17. So he's on pace for less than 50. Last year, he caught 50. He caught 50. Excuse me. He had 50 targets. He caught 31 passes. So he's not going to get the receiving work. He's not on the field super lot. He doesn't have to be. He's still a running back in the NFL who is healthy right now, and that alone is worth way more than whatever you think a first-round pick is worth in the middle of the season when you're making a playoff run. The Atlanta Falcons have the 12th easiest running back schedule from week 7 to 16, so he's not going to face a lot of heavy matchups. The only thing that's holding him back is the Falcons team is bad. They're not good. Their pass defense is horrendous. What did you say? Oh, Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Yeah, exactly. So they're just they're not much. good. Like they fired their coach. They look like they're in a ship without a captain. They're just maybe not as bad as the Cowboys, but they're just not looking good, right? Teams put up a lot of points against them. They're always from, coming from behind. They have to throw the ball a lot. So if Gurley's not involved in the passing work, he's not going to get that RB1 numbers, but he's still a very usable and serviceable RB2, and that's what Colin needed. So I applaud him for the trade. That's That's a guy that you're looking at your roster and you're like, you know what? I need to move him in your situation. He has value right now, so get something out of it. And that value is only going to go up. Like I said, the closer we get to that rookie draft, that first-round pick is gaining a ton of value. Maybe Gurley's value is going to go up, but probably not. Probably stay the same until then. I think it's a good move for both of you. So I tip my cap to both of you guys because you guys are both competitors, and that's what you have to do. That's how it works. I love to hear it. Yeah, and the big thing about his team was – Drake was underperforming. He did have the big week this week, but he didn't have many running backs. His running backs, he was debating between Drake, Gaskin, Ingram, and And Bell before this. And he had to start two of them. Bell is now going to Casey. He's not going to have it. Ingram just got injured, and he wasn't getting much playing time. So this is making sure that he has a little bit more depth and just puts keeps him there, keeps him at that top Exactly. And, like, you look at his makeup, he's got Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham. Robert Woods, AJ Brown, like those guys are great wide receivers and their window of opportunity to get you a championship is probably now for the next couple of years. And then and that's it. So if you can get one or two years out of 
Todd Gurley, maybe not much next year because he's a free agent and there's a lot of question marks, but um, I like the move. So, Colin, good move. Travis, good job getting a first round and third pick. So, I like it. Yeah, perfect. All right, and then we can talk about, um, just quick, just the Andy Dalton I mean, for a third round pick. You, you can't have a, a – you can't take a zero in your lineup any week. That just is not good. It just – you don't – it doesn't bode well for your team. Um, and I don't know, Harris, you're, you're three and three. Like I said, man, you're on the bubble, so you need a quarterback. So Andy Dalton, I mean, he's going to play the rest of the season, barring an injury for the Cowboys, and you've got a ton of weapons over there. So if Dalton can put it together, he can give you some decent numbers, but it's kind of scrambling in the last 10 hours to make a deal before, uh, before the week kicks off. Kind of not a good look. Yeah, and then people were mad at Strazik for not holding off. I, I understand why people were upset, but for Strazik, think about it. He picked up Andy Dalton five days ago. Exactly. He gets offered a third-round pick in 2021 where he only had one He only had one pick in that draft. So he just said, you know what, I'm going to pick up a second pick yep. where the third round. I think Claypool exactly. won the third round, Chenault won the third round. There were some good, viable players. And exactly. third-round picks to me are picks that you can move around when you get to the exactly. draft. Uh, I need to move up three picks. Okay, give me that third round pick. Okay, it's, I need to move it's back. It's like I said about the value. I'll, I'll like take an extra third round pick. Like, so. You don't think Andy Dalton has that value? Like, he's not worth a third round pick? Like, and people wanted Shrazik to hold on to Dalton for other reasons, but for Shrazik? Yeah, absolutely. That third round pick is only going to gain value from this point on. So, it's a great move. Yeah. So, yeah, I was happy for both teams. I just – I wish Harris had a yeah. little more – foresight on this because this is the second time this has happened and then I, I made a little jab just to end it after you had your little thing just making sure that there was going to be no tradebacks going happening next this, week unfortunately in today's day and age it's what you got to do <laughs> you got you got to ask those questions all right let's get into the week, next week coming up we can go over the matchups real quick and then we'll bring our guest in so the first matchup i have on my board is myself against jabers um, right now, 98% yeah, that chance be to win, projected to win by 50 points. So this should, this should put me to three and four, which should put me back into seventh place right now in eighth place. So Jabers, you're going to get what you want. You're going to go to 0 and 7 and I'll get what I want. Three and <laughs> that's four. collusion. So let's just both make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. collusion. He's actually Sorry. not even starting to kick her this week. So, um, um, so I'm just going to talk about him for that. I think two biggest matchups for me are going to be Harris versus Larry and me versus Shrazik. Uh, me and Shrazik are both four and two. So this is going to separate the uh, alphas from the betas. So whoever can win this is going to look pretty nice sitting at five wins and Harris and Larry. I think whoever wins here is creeping up into those top five, top four, top three, potentially power rankings. So this is a big, big week, um, big week for both of them, big week for me and Shrazik. So I'm excited to see what's going to look like. Yeah, and then also on that same line, oh, you got Pickering right. against Abuya, even, who's also yeah. four and two. So we have, we have, we have four teams at four and two playing against each other. Two teams at three and three playing against each other. So those are both huge matchups right now. Pickering and Abuya are, I know projections don't matter. I know I always preach that, but they're fifty fifty percent right now, which is kind of crazy to see. You don't see that very often. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a little notes I had on that was this matchup between you and Strazik. There is. So many wide receivers in this matchup. Neither of you guys have any running backs in your flexes, so I find that a little funny. Um, and then it's going to be the RBs of Strazik going against yours. He might have a little advantage, but you got the advantage at quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see that 
Um, the matchup between Harris and Larry is going to be interesting because whoever loses this goes to three and four will be with me at three and four, but my points for will probably put me ahead. So whoever loses that matchup could fall all the way to eighth place. So that's going to be a really, really big matchup between the two of them. Um, and then what was the last one? Yeah. Picking the 50, 50. It's going to be the he had the struggle with quarterback last week. I think that was one of the main reasons he lost. That's so who's he going to put up there? As of right now, he has Stafford. Well, you're going to go Stafford. Atlanta's defense, go like I said, I agree. Stafford against Atlanta. Num- they after... give up the most points to quarterback, I think. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty ugly right there. And then the last matchup we have, we have Pap against Colin. This should be one of those where one team wants to win, one team wants to lose, and should get in and out of there quickly. Um, if Pat puts up 49 points again, it's going to happen, but That's he does right. have a couple of guys who can put up those big numbers. If Josh Allen yeah, plays like Evans. he did the first three weeks, if Carson plays, if Mike Evans yeah, wants to get a target, like, so you never really know with Pat's team. He's just playing um, a little sleeper. He's just trying to make sure he can just play a little Cinderella, I guess. It's kind of, it's going to be kind of yeah. ugly. And then Colin gets to unveil Todd Gurley. So, yeah, my biggest matchup is that 3-3 yeah. and three matchup, but then the 4-2s and and are going to be fun as well out, to see who's the top dog. Five and two. Um, so, I, it's going to be um, – Yep. there's going to be three teams at 5-2, and two, so it's going to be fun moving forward. Three teams at 5-2, and two, and then who's going to get that sixth win and who's going to start crumbling down. So, we'll see. Yeah, once you get up to that sixth win, you start looking towards that bye week. That bye week is so big once we get to the playoffs. So – you only got to win two once you get there. All right. So we can move on to the next section. So next section of the podcast, we're going to bring on our first guest of the new, new, new type of podcast, I want to call it, with the new co-host and everything like Thank that. Thank you, fellas. So, I uh, just like to, to start off by saying, uh, I know I switched my team name this week, you know, yeah. to uh, Mock Travis for Call Me a Pretender a few weeks back. Uh, but I think I need to change my team name again from number one pretenders to possibly the uh, number one pot stirrer in the league. You know, I think that'd be more appropriate for someone like me. I don't think you're going to get any, um, yeah, any well, response. I don't think, it's, I don't think the I name's think very controversial, but uh, I certainly am. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I actually wanted to come on and talk about this a few weeks ago, but then I kind of blew up my whole, um, my own spot by, you know, trading with everybody trades galore. But uh, I think in general, I just wanted to talk about like overall trade culture in the league and how toxic it can be and how, you know, I just feel like we, as a group of guys who play fantasy football together, just kind of need to do like a hard reset on, you know, what trading in fantasy football should be. Let me just start by saying that although I was completely stirring the pot today between Mike and Harris, I absolutely think that was the right move for both sides. Um, Harris needed a guy to start and plug in this week because, you know, he's not very good at managing his team right now um, and figuring out that he needs a quarterback. And then Strazik, you know, according to himself, can't get a trade going or, you know, had a guy that he just picked up for free. So why wouldn't you take, you know, a third round pick for it? So that obviously um, was a good move, but I just think more of a, you know, from a personal standpoint and a ethical and, you know, principal point of view i disagree with that but strictly football i think it was an awesome move i think that people thinking um collins move with you 
was, you know, a lopsided trade is kind of asinine. If you think about it from, you know, an individual standpoint, Colin again, needed a guy um, that, you know, could turn his team around, maybe uh, make him more of a contender in the playoffs uh, coming off a championship run. Um, and then you obviously have significant depth at running back. So um, why wouldn't you get rid of, like you said, one of your lower tier um, running backs in the sense of your team, not saying Todd Gurley is a low tier running back. I'm just saying in, you know, the comparison to who you have rostered, he's definitely an easy guy for you to get rid of. So I think you both gain value there. So I think at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. I think we got, we've gotten so caught up in this league on, you know, taking advantage of other teams or making sure you're the lopsided winner of a trade that we've just completely lost sight at like what running a team in fantasy football as a business is about. So that's really what I wanted to talk about when I came on here. Yeah. And I, I agree with that, Alex. That's why I put that Drake picture in there, you know, like what's more important winning the trade or winning a championship, you know, mm-hmm. and people often get those two mixed up. And like I said before, it's this is a market and it's based on your perception. It's all based on perception of value. So you may think someone's worth more. This person may disagree with you. And that's where you see a lot of the disgruntled trade talks go. It's because we're making things up as we go. It's literally all made up. So people can say, Oh no, he's worth more than this. No, he's not. Look at the stats, blah, 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 whatever. And it can become toxic. And I absolutely agree with you. Um, And unfortunately like egos get in the way. And I think it's good to, just talk about it and make it known that it can be a problem. So let's clean it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think we've kind of just set like a, a bad culture because of like when, like, I'll be honest, when I first started playing dynasty, Travis has been, you know, vocal about this in our league when we talk and we, we come together as like a group each year for the draft. Like Travis is the only person who really fundamentally understood like what a dynasty league was when we first started. And it was a learn the hard way fast when this kid came out of the gun, uh, came out of the gate hot with a longevity um, roster that, you know, he's going to have locked up and solid for five or six years. Um, So in the beginning, a lot of guys just, you know, got taken advantage of when it came to draft picks or it came to trading away young players, not realizing their potential and like, you know, their long-term career goals. Um, So I think, you know, it's wrong to constantly look in the past and, think about, you know, old trades you might have, you know, really, really lost and like, you know, come out on the bottom of and think that, all right, well, you know, to make up for it, you know, this year, I got to make sure I absolutely hose somebody over for like, you know, three first round picks for a very mediocre, you know, washed up wide receiver or, you know, asking somebody to give you, you know, a first round pick in a second for, you know, one of their bench guys. It's just sometimes it just gets out of hand. And I think, you know, we need to take a step back. And of course, everybody's going to overvalue their own players, but like really just look at it from like, uh, does this make sense? You know, let's, let's move the ball forward. Let's not just, you know, try to see, um, you know, who we can test and who we can take uh, advantage of. Yeah. And I personally like how I feel like this year we've gotten a lot more vocal about becoming a dynasty league like this is the first year that i think that we have 10 people thinking in a dynasty mindset which is great to think because like you said in the first year there was two people the second year there was five last year i would say there was seven eight but this year i want to say there's all 10 of us which is awesome to see because every trade there is input but some people everybody wants to win a trade like you said everybody wants to announce a winner right away because that's just the way 
that you think, and that's just the way the culture is right now, but mm-hmm. there's a way yeah. that both people can win for their own team, which I, I personally think both both trades that happened yeah, recently absolutely. were a win for both of their mm-hmm. teams. Some of the other trades in the past, yeah, maybe and, not and, you as know, much, I just think we're trending in that I think direction. the reason I use the term reset is because I think we still even have guys in this league that are still holding on um, to past trades. We got guys in this league that are holding on to players that have no no business being on a roster just because they know that when they release that player or something, someone's going to make a comment or someone's going to, you know, be the first into the group chat to say, Oh, you traded for that guy. Now you dropped him. Like you're an idiot. It's like, who cares, dude? Like move on. Like just reset, have it, have a different mindset on it. Like just you're allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. Market values change. Right. What you do moving forward is more important than what happened to you in the past. Exactly. And it's just, I don't know. And like, in, in, even just, even just in trade offers, I feel like we've definitely come a long way. Like there, there's one guy that in particular that I'm thinking of that I, I was talking to this week, this guy I would never even consider trading with. Cause you know, most of the trades he would throw my way are just so like lopsided in his direction. And like, you'd even tell him and he like, like, dude, like stop sending me trades like this because it's just like, I wouldn't even consider it because you're offering, you, you're looking for an RB two or an RB three and you're offering me like third round picks. But I, this week, this guy approached me, and I think he made a very fair um, offer to me. It just didn't work out. Like, it just didn't make sense for my team to give up, you know, those players at that time. Now, I'm not saying in, in the future, you know, I wouldn't like making tre- deals like that. But just at the moment, it, it just didn't work out for me. So I think we're definitely trending in the right direction as far as, you know, being more respectful and, you know, more logical in our trade values. But I think we're definitely still very much stuck in the – um egotistical like i have to make sure that everybody sees that i i was the dominant you know uh winner in this trade as you said jake but i just think that's uh that's something that needs to be addressed in this league and that's something that definitely needs to be like worked on for sure and i'm guilty um you know but i just yeah it definitely needs to be addressed i think it comes with experience too like the longer people are in this the more people are going to realize like "Hmm, maybe that's i've learned from mistakes in the past and like personally, like I know I have, and I think we all can attest to that. Um, but yeah, it comes with experience and it comes with like, this is still very a new thing that we just all did. Like, what is this year five now? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and like the trades that get made, it's like one or two year or five? three, like big move movers and shakers each year. So you just got to watch and learn and kind of digest. And like every little transaction in fantasy football, every little move you make is you're going to look back on and say, Oh, I should have done this. Oh, I should have done this. You just learn from it, you know, and player values change. Um, right. A guy, like a guy can get cut overnight. And we've seen that with Le'Veon Bell who was worth three first round picks two years ago. And now he's worth nothing. So that's what happens. So, you, okay. You paid three first round picks for Le'Veon Bell. You got him on your team. Now he's worth nothing. You move on. You cut him. And that's what you have to do. That's, that's just how it works. Right. And then guess what? It happens in the NFL all the time too. Exactly. Players get overpaid all the time. And they don't pan out. Exactly. Kirk Cousins. Kirk, Kirk Cousins got a fully guaranteed contract. I, I can give you another name for <laughs> Leonard Fournette. That's another name just like so that. So last year, let me just talk about I was this. just last about to year, say, Leonard, Leonard I Fournette. I bought Leonard Fournette at his peak value. He was running back seven when I bought him. He was he had over 100, 100 targets last year. He caught 70 passes. He had over 1,500 total yards. I paid two first-round picks for Leonard Fournette, and he is sitting on my bench doing nothing. So what do I do? I learn from that, and I move on. Would I not 
pay two first round picks for a top 10 running back in the future? No, absolutely. I'm going to do that. But situations change. I didn't know Leonard Fournette was going to get cut. I didn't know he was going to sign with the Buccaneers and I traded away Ronald Jones. And now he's the guy he's number five in the NFL in rushing yards. Fournette is looking like his backup. So I learned from it. I move on. Mm -hmm. Did I lose value? Absolutely. But in a year from now, if Fournette signs with a team and he's the number one back, he may gain value. So that's just how it works. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it looks pretty bad on my part that I spent two first round picks on a backup running back, but that's what happened. And that's the NFL. Yeah, no, I know. And like, honestly, like at the end of the day, if you like the trade and you're comfortable with it, pull the trigger. Yep. Don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about what the league is going to say about you and your trade or, you know, cause, cause I guarantee you every single trade you make, every single trade in the league that is made, there's going to be somebody who tells you, wow, that was a good thing. You know, that's going to work for your team and help and, and help the other team too. And there's going to be somebody who puts a laughing emoji or a throw up gif or something, exactly. you know, and chirps you like that's going to happen. And you know what? If at the end of the day, you are the fantasy manager of your team. You're the one in control. Stop seeking outside influence on things you want to make deals on. Like if you're okay with it and you want to seek counsel because you just want to verify, but then that person's like, nah, like that's so stupid. Like, but you deep down like it, pull the trigger. It's your team. It's not theirs. Yeah, exactly. Go get your guys that you yeah. like. And that's, that's what you have to do. Like make moves, dude. That's like, that's, and then, and then learn from it if it's bad or if it works out, you can be happy with your decision. Yeah. Always get your guy. That's always something I've always preached. If it's in the draft, if it's trade, always. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of them. Go get your guys. I know Tex and I had a fight with that over the draft. We both had a guy we liked. We both walked over to Larimore in the corner and said, hey, we'll give you this for Remy. him. We'll give you this for him. And, Remy, uh, all I want to say. He didn't pan out so far, right but you, know, you just never I know. I want to close your eyes, and we're going to do a little mental exercise. I want you to envision Trevor Lawrence in 2021 throwing passes to Denzel Mims in dark green. Now open your eyes. Now open your I'm eyes. I'm in. See, I, All right, Jake. Time I, I, to do that I'm to you. Jake, close your eyes. All right. Envision you approach a man who had absolutely no desire to draft Denzel Mims. And you said, can I move up and give you an extra pick? And that man said, I'd love to do that. And you draft Denzel Mims and gave up an extra pick for nothing. But guess not, what? Not this, for nothing. I got my this guy. Proves, this proves my point of you agree with it. You were cool with it. You got your guy. Yeah. And like I didn't know. the day know, you're happy, I'm happy. Yeah. And like I didn't know what Remy's offer was. So I didn't know if, if I only said no thank you, if you were going to turn around and hit yes and agree to that deal with Remy. So I had to one Risk reward, dude. Risk exactly. reward. Absolutely. So what's it all about? And the other thing behind that is you keep saying like, oh, you're going to watch other people get upset. People are going to talk. People are going to send gifts. That's not going to stop them. Letting all you know that right now. We all have way too much yeah, sass absolutely. in this league. You are going to get the sass. You are going to get that. But like like Tech said, just, yeah. just wear it. Wear it. Move mm-hmm. on. Get the next one. Absolutely. Win the next if game, you're happy, that's all that matters. Move on to the next week. Oh, I'm going to stir every even pot though I can ever stir. Gonna I'm never going to let anything go, really and you're going to hear about it always. But guess what? <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not going to come blindly. It's not going to come behind your back. I'm going to come right <laughs> I at love you. Love to hear. And if, uh, before I step up, guys, if I could say one more thing, because, again, I'll tell you right away. Um, 
I speak for myself and myself only. Um, I am 25 years old. I know how to use a smartphone. I do not need somebody in my group chat every morning at 8 a.m. giving me the update on the league about who got dropped. I know how to follow Adam Scheffner on, on Twitter. I know how to look up things for my team. I understand you guys all want to be the breaking news. We're fantasy managers. You don't need to help me make, manage my team. All right. Thank you, son. Not a problem, guys. <laughs> Have a great night, guys. All right. Not a problem. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. All right. Thank, thank you very much for coming. All right, Radish. All right, Tex. We are on to the last two segments of the day. It was fun to have Alex. We knew he was going to come in here and just sass it up, so it was fun to let him talk. That's right. He comes in hot, he cools down, (laughs) and then he leaves with a bang. There was no way he wasn't going to leave with one final jab at somebody. You knew that was coming. We're on the final two segments. So the final... We're actually on the final installment of Pretender Contender. So we got two teams left to talk about. We got myself, which I don't really want to hear. I'm probably just going to mute it and never listen to I'll it again. I'll go first. And then we I, got Pat. I so got you. Do you want to go first? Remy, you go I second? believe in your team. Oh, no. I think you're a contender. I really do. You can't average 130 points a week and stay at the bottom. Like, you're going to get into the playoffs with those points for. You have to. If you don't, I just. I just don't know, man. I don't know. I think your team has it. I think the injuries are going to hurt if the Chubb injury and the Miles Sanders injury are both. I know the Chubb injury is bad, but the the Miles Sanders injury is worse than expected. Then I think your team is in for some trouble, but I think you're going to be okay. You got Michael Thomas back. Julio Jones is every week. He misses a practice with a hamstring injury, but he's, he's still a great wide receiver. I think you have it. I think you're going to be a tough matchup. For every week from this point on, you're a contender. Uh, I'll take it. The, the only negative to yeah. that that I can say that I wouldn't be is just the, the wide receiver depth just is not there. So getting that extra first-round pick, if I'm in it, letting everybody know, once week nine, week ten happens, if I'm in it, I'm coming to you, trading all my picks away for a wide receiver. If I'm out of it, Start coming to me and talking to me about yeah, Julio smart. and Kelsey because they're do. both off my Remy, team. I really think you can string together know. three, four Fair wins, one. and you'll be yep. fine. There's your first one. That's so it's nice do. that I got Abers this week, so that's definitely going to help me out. So then I'm back to three and four. But if Abers beats <laughs> me, just make sure that I all actually right. answer the podcast next week. That's all I got to say. All right. I will talk about Pap's team. So – let me hear. I, I got an opening question for you before I start talking. You ready for this one? Chris. Would you Chris rather have Chris Carson, Carson or Todd Gurley in a dynasty league? Okay. What if I told you that the offer from the Chris Carson owner and the car- offer from the Todd Gurley owner were the exact same? I mean, I, I, this, is, this is what we just talked about. I want the running back. Yeah, exactly. To the Seattle offense. Chris Carson's number five or seven on the year. I need to double check. He is going to produce. I like Chris Carson a lot. I think he's healthier. He's the same age, better offense. He's going to get goal line work. He catches passes. I think he's a better overall running back. You know, if that deal didn't happen between Colin and Pap, so we, that's it. You know what I mean? We can talk all day about theoretics. Yeah. All right. But 
Yeah, that's. I just wanted to open with that because my issue with Pap's team is that he's still pretending to be a like I talked about Pick's team. He's pretending to be a bottom feeder. Like he's still putting out a viable lineup each week. Yeah, we saw but... Abers do the real thing. Abers trading away all his guys. Pap's still holding on to Mike Evans, who's twenty seven. Twenty six. He's holding on to Chris Carson, who's also oh he's twenty six. Um. And so if he were to have made that trade this week, I probably would have put him as a contender, a contender for what he wants to be. Right now, he's not what he wants to be. Or he's, yeah, and he, I, he has – He's just sitting in that JK middle Dobbins, ground, which is going to be just building hurts. block for the future. Um, I love – loved Cam Akers coming out of college. You know, he suffered a really bad rib injury, and it looks like Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown are just going to ride off into the sunset as the one-two duo in, L, in L.A., but – he has the he has two young running backs. I mean, if he wants to build around Mike Evans and Chris Carson for next year, and he comes in with three potential top twenty running backs and Mike Evans, like that's a good core question mark. Maybe I don't know. I don't. Is is it? It's bad. It's so Mike Evans is just confusing. I don't yeah. know if you've looked up his stats. One one he target. Just, it's two just targets. touchdowns. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's You'd useless. Think this the, week uh, he Tom had Brady Mike one Evans for stack would be <laughs> money, but it's just and it kinda is in the red zone, but if they're not getting into the red zone, it doesn't really matter. And Ronald Jones is actually producing for him. So between that and then the wide receiver two being Jarvis Landry, so... who is he, this is, he is the thing. If you look ahead, I always anymore? look ahead of strength schedule. Cleveland has a pretty nice, cakey schedule coming up. They're like in the top top three, I think, for easiest wide receiver schedules moving forward. So he should see better days. Um, yeah, his the drop off is coming. Yeah, the, yeah. I'm just. The wide receivers just don't do it for me, and they still have age. Like Marvin Jones is thirty; he's done after this year. Landry's twenty-seven, so calling him a contender for what he wants to be just doesn't work because he doesn't have the youth at wide receiver. He does have the two young running backs, he has Dobbins and Acres, but then you look at his picks. So you'd assume somebody with him would have what four or five picks this year. He only has two. He has two first-round picks this year, and that's it. Doesn't have a second. Doesn't have any thirds. Yeah. I mean, so, that could turn around quick, just, though. Those he's two in first a round picks odd hit, place to me right Dobbins now. erupts as a top five back, and I think he'll be all right. Yeah, it's yeah. Dobbins' time to show out now that Ingram's, Ingram should be out for a little bit. So it's his time to Gus show up, Edwards, or he's going to lose out to um, what's the other guy's name? Oh, the Gus Bus. So could lose out to the Gus Bus, which would just add some insult to injury to the rookie running backs from this year who just I mean kind Jonathan of putting Taylor it together one Clyde week Edwards and then the next week they all look right like they don't know what they're doing. So it's kind running of, back. Kind of so I it's their first year. I don't think we need to raise any alarm. Um that that the acres injuries that was a tough injury so No 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 you kind of put needed, a, a hold on that. I don't know. Detroit just doesn't yeah. know what they're doing when they're when they draft. I don't know. So, Swift yeah. looked good this week, but don't look at who he played, please. Because two weeks ago, I talked all about how Joe Mixon only had a good week because he played the Jaguars. So, I can't come in this week and say DeAndre Swift yeah. is going to be good. Next week, because next week, Peterson will still get he 20 touches. He unfortunately also so. played the Jaguars. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. AP, All right, so dude this is, is a legend. What, what I'm going to say right here is All right, we'll let's be get into about. some power rankings. The bottom two, and then... 
from there up, it's a big question mark for me. So I, I think we, we both agree it's Jabers and Pap at 10 and 9. Um, I, I, w- I want to hear what you have in the middle because I'm confused, dude. Yeah, I think we're going to have to wait another week to really see some clarity. But even next week, it's going to be – what are we going to have? We're going to have three teams at 5 and 2. We're going to have – Three teams at four and three. We're going to have two teams at three and four. So it's going to be back to everybody being within two games. Nobody's going to – even next week is going to be tough. Last week, if anybody listened to the podcast, I did 10 and yep. 9. And then 8 through 4, I literally just listed as I read them off. That one I, I made up last week. So this week's going to be – I looked at it a little further. Um, I put myself as the eight seed. I think that there's teams ahead of me that – either have more wins or are putting up the same oh, this was so, so I, I, I had you at eight spot. remy you but you you're the eight? swing you could easily be the four or the five yeah yeah so it's gonna be tough yeah yeah we'll see i'm saying week nine is when this league's really gonna show so once we have teams that are four and four five and exactly. three we'll get those six and twos yeah that's what's really gonna show at seven i had I seat pick because I still don't know what he's doing with his team. Honestly, he he got a win last week, but it was a it was a not a real win. And then if you actually look at his lineup, it's he's starting two rookies. Like, it, it, does he have a real lineup? Yes. Yeah. Does he want to make the tough. playoffs? This I is still where it don't gets know. a He's just hazy. a tough spot for me. I. Uh, so you, where are you at? at Six. This, or I don't know. At it's seven? tough. Like I want to put Colin here. He just made the move, so I feel like he needs to get bumped up a little bit. But I think it needs to go Colin and then Bulls. At six and five, really? Really? Right, See, you I are think, showing some completely different La- stuff. Like, At six, I had Larry Henry, Moore, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DK Metcalf, like that. Justin Jefferson, dude, I, he, I think he's got a nice starting lineup. I really do. And I think his bench is going to really, really hurt him. But he has the team that if Zeke, Clyde Edwards, Henry all go off in one week and his wideouts show up, I think he's scary. Like, he's got those young quarterbacks. I, he's the, He could easily be 7-6. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So my thought with him is the quarterback is going to just be yeah, inconsistent absolutely. week and in like, week out. He's just going to toss Herbert in, and then the tight end scares me. The tight end, and then I don't know if he has a true. I mean, wide receiver, what about two Justin, wide receiver. What about three. Justin I guess Jefferson? you could call Parker as wide receiver two, but dude, dude is Justin so Jefferson's up. number seven. Jeff, Jefferson's is two. I guess. Half point PPR I guess Jefferson's wide receiver. Right now. Yeah, that's the thing. True, what we. True, true. It's tough to call a rookie a wide receiver two. Yeah, it's crazy, that's the thing. but yeah, it's boom bust. But if you look. Week five, he put up three points. Week before that, twelve. Like he's gonna be a boom bust guy. That, so but, um, I love gonna be very DK boom bust, So I'm keeping him, him at number I want six the DK right now. So bad, and um, he got it done. So I think that's gonna help him a lot oh, yeah. because he needed it, and he's got that nice piece moving forward. So and what's even crazier to say is even Ugh, with how much he gave up, if he tried to sell Metcalf right now, he could get ten times more. Like, his value's only gone up from the trip. All right. <laughs> Hear that, Larimore? He's coming so this, for you. Uh, dude, I honestly, right, so I put everyone on this just even. I, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't put I, – I need – I don't know. I think we oh, need to really see a couple more weeks. Oh, you put everybody on an even weeks. playing field? 
Yeah. All right. So at number five, I had Colin personally. So I had him just because I think that Todd Gurley move is going to make a big yes. jump for him. And I think other than Lattimore's team is the big boom bust guys versus Colin's team with Allen Robinson, you're going to get 15. Odell, you're going to exactly. get 15. Brown, you're going to get like he knows what he's getting out of his guys every week. And then if they boom, if they boom, yeah. they boom. And then the Mahomes is the it's biggest true. difference for me. Mahomes is the guy. He can just win you a week himself. So I had true. Colin it's just true. a little like bit that. higher and than I think Lattimore next, pick. Um... I think Harris has to go here. I I thought Harris just because he has the nicest yeah, he has the nicest lineup. Um, on paper, Hopkins, Adams, Godwin, Cooper. He has um, Deontay Johnson, Lamb, and um, Antonio Gibson coming off the for flex and for bench spots. So I think he has the pieces. Um, Lamar Jackson obviously hasn't performed nearly as well as what he was expected to this year, but his team is still scary. Um, he's sitting at the 500 mark, but I think he's going to turn that around. Yeah, so I have him also at number four. The one thing that's hurting him is yeah. I'm still not the biggest mix in believer in Singletary. I'm just not a I know. fan. I know. That's what's so. going to be scary. I think you might see his wide receivers healthy for the first time, though, this week. So he might have the Cooper, Godwin, Adams, Hopkins, what he wanted to in week one, and he might finally actually be able to see it. So it's going to be interesting. And one thing about Andy Dalton is he got the stack. So true. Dalton has a decent game, and Cooper, he can find Cooper. All he right, put up so, some points. so I had three, him number four. Did you have Bulls here too? Me? I'm, yeah, I'm going to upset the, um, you right now. I just – I'm going to really upset uh, well, you. I had it. yourself at number three. I just don't. Really? You, the wide receivers are average. Not having that not having that one alpha is just hurting me looking at your team. Week in and you know week that, out, seeing no yeah. top five wide receivers. You're not going to have – you're going to have the boom yeah, bust guys. I mean, but you don't right have now those Adam Thielen is wide receiver number three on the year. Loving so week in and week out. I know he's older, but he's – producing he's wide receiver number three so he's my guy right now um and i have like you said boom bus guys like tyler lockett is wide receiver 15 um tyler boyd he's in the top 20 i traded for galladay because i galladay is one of the guys that i've always really liked and i'm glad i got him but i really 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 was banking on guys like chark and sutton to take huge leaps forward this year and it just didn't happen i kind of got bit with the injury bug um Losing Eckler, Chark, Sutton's been beat up, Lazard, who was had a nice beginning of the season, and then the Fournette. So my team had a lot of uh, upside coming into the year, and it just hasn't really pieced it together yet. So kind of disappointing because I got off to the nice start, but it's been kind of ugly the past couple weeks. And then one of the things I wanted to talk about was Josh Jacobs. Week one, everybody was like, oh, LeBullier made the worst trade ever. Week two, three, and four, he did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. Last week, he finally he got back into the end zone, but his yards per carry, are you starting to get worried by that? I mean, he's, he's still like – uh, This is the same with the running back position. Not too great. Regardless of his yards per carry, regardless of his usage, running backs are very valuable. He's still a top 15 running back regardless. 
Um, he's 22 years old. I'm not super worried. What does upset me is that I held on. I drafted Ronald Jones. I held on to him through the ugly, and I was I the rookie hype scared me. You know the the Keyshawn Vaughn talk. You know LaShawn McCoy the the Tampa backfield up in the, up in the air, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna move him to to, to kind of upgrade. And I thought moving James Conner. Ronald Jones and two second round picks for Josh Jacobs was I may have overpaid, but uh, I love Josh Jacobs and I unfortunately I think I gave up a little bit too much. If I had James Conner and Rojo right now, I think I'd be a lot better off. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, but Josh Jacobs is more of the future piece. I respect. But yeah, that. that's what that's why I had you at three versus a little bit higher because those running back running back injuries and. Jonathan Taylor hasn't produced that one big, big week that everybody's waiting for. Yeah, he's producing those 10-12s, but everybody's producing Hey, Remy, can I tell you who has I'm the for Taylor, run though. schedule in First the, open the rest on the of scene. the season? Jonathan Taylor. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, Does he play the Jaguars twice? No, he's got the, he must. He the Jaguars. I'm telling you, anybody, anybody, so anybody plays the Jaguars twice yet, has but, the easiest run um, schedule. Yeah, he's got a nice, easy run schedule, so I think oh, okay. I think he should start to <laughs> piece it together a little bit more. He's also been very, he's been pretty involved in the passing game, which is pretty nice to see, um, especially with those Philip River checkdowns. So, all right, yeah, yeah. I, all right, number two, I have Labulier. You can't it's put, true. You can't and put I, the guy leading the whole. I think I was just a little salty about the Rojo Connor move. That I had mind. to put him at three, but he he deserves to be at two. His weakness right now is the tight end position. I don't think Robert Tanyan <laughs> is is legit. I think he had that big week that everyone got excited for because Devonte Adams was out. But besides that, his team it looks good. He's got the nice pieces, and he has some bench pieces too. Um, so it's exciting to see his team. He's got a full squad, and he moved Jacobs for some nice pieces. So. Exciting to see his team uh, really put it together. The one thing that worries me about his team is Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook comes back healthy, he's going to stay right where he is, top three, top four team. If Dalvin Cook's going to be banged up for some time, I don't know if he has the horses to help him out. So um, between that and the quarterback position, the quarterback, he's going to be having some fun week in and week out like we were talking about earlier. And then, like you said, yeah. about tight end. We'll I think he has a big right. tight end. And then Trezik, the next Trezik. He's week getting or two would be CMC my guess. back soon, so it's going to be scary. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly it. Nasty. And so even without CMC, have you looked at what Mike Davis has been putting up lately? Who needs Christian McCaffrey? 19, 19, 25, and 10 in his four starts. So this was the, <laughs> the bowling ball Mike Davis who got cut of last course, year so yeah. they could play David Montgomery. I don't know if you remember that one, but the dude's getting ten, he's getting like eight targets. He got eight targets, nine targets, six targets, ten targets. Yeah. Like it's gonna be interesting to see what they do moving forward. They They're both acting or like or he is McCaffrey. It's give the reins back to McCaffrey, but we'll see. Yeah, so I think the only thing on Trey's team, like yeah. we've been talking about for what, Juju two me. years, three years since you take over, the bench is still weak. The bench is real weak, but yeah, yeah, he just no, he's think, not getting the target Juju, share that he once did. Yeah, I think it's Juju just, might, it doesn't, he might really make sense, but next year. Him, being, him being in the contract here too, I think he has to be at this point. He's gonna 
I feel like he's one of those guys with an ego, yeah. so he's not going to be able to take All it. Right, Ren. He's gonna. There's going to be some outlash coming out soon. All right, so that's going to conclude the episode. It looks like next week we're going to start. We're going to leave yeah. the contender contender in the past, and we're going to start looking at some past drafts. Thank you, you guys for listening. And uh, segments that you might want to hear, just let us know. The episode this week. Have a great one. Peace, Remy. All right, I'll talk talk to you next week.